friends, welcome to Soleil Deo Gloria. I'm your host and your friend, Gracie Woody. Today, we're going to continue on the topic of identity by looking at the book of Hosea. Last podcast, we got to hear a testimony from my friend, the wonderful and great Rihanna Hernandez, and she explained to us how she was able to find her belonging and identity in Christ and how that equipped her to be fully able to function in the body of Christ because she was confident in who she was and in the gifts that God has given her, but that had to come from a time of loneliness and searching in the world and just literally getting alone with God and establishing herself in Christ. And the podcast before that one, we introduced the book of Hosea. And the podcast before that one was about establishing identity. So if you haven't listened to those yet, I highly recommend that you do because it all flows together and it will help you have a better grasp of today's topic, which is about God's redemption. And I think it's just so beautiful how God flows all of these episodes together, just talking about identity and learning to establish our identity in Christ. And then we introduced the book of Hosea and just had a little heart check and had a kind of a stirring and just figuring out where does our heart lie in the things that we celebrate and the people we run to and the things we depend on. Like, is our identity like truly secured in Christ alone or do we still run to the world when certain events happen like Gomer did whenever she felt discontent and she decided to go her own way and when Israel felt like God wasn't performing enough for them so they went to worship Baal it's just a good little heart check and then we got to talk to Bree who is a real life present day example of establishing identity in Christ alone and I'm just so thankful for her so thankful for her honesty and just how we can relate to her too because it's hard in a world that's changing and constantly talking to you it's hard to just sit and be told your identity and trust it too. Housing that's constant in a world that is so changing. And so today we're going to talk about God's redemption and it relates back to identity, to the book of Hosea, to Gomer running away and to Israel worshiping Baal. And man, it is so easy to grow dull to the word redemption, but it has so much meaning behind it. It's full of God's love for you and his grace and the identity behind it, especially in the book of Hosea, like getting to see it lived out in the Israelites and in Gomer. It is so beautiful and so i'm gonna give you guys a little refresher on the book of hosea just so we remember who is hosea what is happening and maybe you haven't listened to past podcasts before maybe this is your first time um but i'm just gonna give you a little refresher so you can kind of get caught up with where we're at and what we're learning so hosea he is a prophet to israel he is sent to rebuke the israelites of their idol worship gomer is a prostitute And Hosea is told by God to marry Gomer. So they get married, and I know that's crazy in itself, but it gets crazier. (laughs) They even have kids, and they have a family together. Yet Gomer leaves Hosea for her other lovers. God tells Hosea to go back and get Gomer. So Hosea obeys without questions, without hesitation, and literally physically like pays for her to buy her back. And then he commits himself to being faithful to Gomer, even though she's been unfaithful to him. I know it's literally the craziest story ever. The Bible is so cool. And there are just so many stories that are filled with crazy events, but they have such deep meanings. Like the Bible is so deep and so intentional and so detailed. And the craziest thing about this story is we are the Israelites. Like we are Gomer. And Hosea represents Christ. 
I know. Isn't that so insane? Like, this story is just marked by identity and redemption and renewal. And so since we've already looked at identity, today we're going to focus on redemption. And with redemption comes renewal. Because with Christ, you can't have one without the other. It's a package deal. Like, when God redeems you and when you give into that identity of redemption and realize that you were bought by Christ... He renews you. He puts his Holy Spirit within you and you are transformed. Like you are not the same. You are a new creation. God has redeemed us from our sin to identify us with himself. And we get to be known as children of God, blameless in his sight, fearfully and wonderfully made. Like those are scriptures spoken over you. And so we see this illustrated in Hosea in chapter two, verse 15. And it reads, there I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of acre a door of hope there she will respond as in the days of her youth and as in the day she came up out of egypt and so our main focus today is just kind of that second part talking about how it says there she will respond as in the days of her youth as in the day she came up out of egypt and this is reflecting back on the israelites The best memory of Israel is when God took them out of slavery in Egypt and into the promised land. There had been generations of the Israelites in captivity in Egypt and God removed them from slavery and it was great. It was amazing, but they had to wander in the wilderness. And so while they were in the wilderness out of Egypt, out of the slavery, finally free from a generational cycle of slavery, they ran to idol worshiping because they lost sight of their identity. And what I mean by that is they're known in the Bible as God's chosen people. And they've seen God perform a miracle of leading them out of Egypt. And he used Moses, someone who gave excuses whenever he was called. He wasn't like, yeah, let's go. He was like, I can't speak well. Like, I need to take my brothers, send somebody else. And the Lord's like, no, I'm using you. So there's a miracle right there that he worked in and through Moses to lead the Israelites, but also just physically leading the Israelites out of slavery. That's a miracle in itself too. And then instead of just remembering we are God's chosen people, God set this up for a plan and purpose, like he's not going to fail us. Even though we have to wander and it's not what we expected, we are God's chosen people. And instead of just reminding themselves of that, they just ran back to their sin. And if they had just remembered that simple thought of like their identity in Christ and how God had redeemed them from slavery, they would not have fallen back into that sin. And this is the same thing that happened to Gomer. Gomer was a prostitute that Hosea, the prophet of Israel, took as his wife and had kids with. Yet after all of that, she ran away because she lost sight of the fact that she was taken from prostitute to bride and that she had been redeemed from her past. So she left her husband and her family to go back to these other lovers. But in Hosea 2 verse 15, the Lord is saying that just as Israel will go back to the way they were, the day they were released from Egypt, where they were happy, they were joyful, before they had to wander, before they ran to idol worshiping, so also will Gomer remember the time that her identity was changed from prostitute to bride and return to Hosea. We are Israel and Gomer, but because of God's great love and value that he placed over us, he chooses to place the identity of his image bearer to him. And this means that we are important to him. 
And we are so important to God that his work on the cross and the death and resurrection of Jesus, his work redeems and renews everything in our lives, including our past. On our best and worst days, God's redemption and renewal is still coming after us. God freely gives us redemption and desires to renew us even in the midst of our sin. And that's exactly what he did with Gomer and Israel. In the book of Hosea, it's demonstrated through Hosea buying back Gomer with no questions asked and no hesitation. With Israel, it's through providing for them in the midst of their wandering and complaining in the wilderness and still choosing them to be his chosen people and known as that in scripture for eternity. Like that word spoken over them is going to last forever. And he still kept his promise to the Israelites by leading them to the promised land. Even though they complained, even though they ran to worship Baal, he still did that for them. Joel 2.25 is a promise to the Israelites about redemption and renewal. It reads, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts, and the locust swarm, my great army that I sent among you. And you may be wondering, okay, wait, Gracie, <laughs> like that was really good about redemption and renewal, but what in the world does the locust plague have to do with anything about redemption and renewal well that's the same thing that i asked i was like when the world how does this promise and this prophecy go back to the israelites and gomer and apply to myself even like what in the world um well joel is using a locust plague as an illustration of god's redemption and renewal because when it says the years the locusts have eaten that refers to the times in our lives where our hopes are crushed things don't go the way we expected maybe we get a negative doctor's report maybe we hear our friends talking bad about us we go back to our temptations we look at pornography just one more time one more time and we'll stop we'll quit we cross physical boundaries in our relationships like god says he will repay all that damage if you just simply look to him and place your identity in him. When you repent of your sin and confess and choose to follow after Jesus and to run to his heart, like he repays all that damage. And I think this is the coolest part about the verse in Joel. And I've had this word written on my arm like the entire time that before recording this, which has been like almost a week. Um, the word repay in this verse specifically in Joel 2.25 in Hebrew is shalom, which just the spelling and sound of the word makes you think of shalom, which is peace in Hebrew, but this is different. The word actually means to be safe in mind, body, and estate. It means to be completed. Since Joel was talking about the damage done in the past, he promised two things. This prophet of God, Joel, promised two things from this verse. Number one, God will make us safe from past damage. And number two, he will make it complete. And this relates to Gomer, because I know you're probably thinking like, okay, this is great. That is so awesome. Shalom. Like, that's, that's amazing. Safe in mind, body, estate. I'm completed. He keeps me safe. He makes me complete. He redeemed all because of redemption. But how in the world does that relate to Gomer? Well, when Gomer said, I do to become a bride, she was made complete. She was redeemed from her past and she was renewed into the new identity that Hosea brought her into. Even when she strayed and became enslaved back to her other lovers, Hosea made her safe. He kept her safe even from past damage. He didn't just use her to sleep around with. He had a family with her. And even when she ran away, he went back to go get her to keep her safe. And we can filter this down to us by looking at God's promises to us that he will keep 
us safe, just as he did for Israel and Hosea and Gomer. He kept the Israelites safe by providing for them in the wilderness, leading them to the promised land, by taking Gomer and changing her identity, bringing her back to Hosea. And for us, that promise is Romans 8, 28. And it says, and we know in all things that God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. So I have always heard that verse. So don't tune out and be like, wow, like that's so cool. But I've known that verse for a long time. But listen, if God works all things for my good, that means he even uses my past for his good. His promises are true and kept. And we've seen it with a whole nation and a prostitute. Like what? (laughs) That's so crazy. Like a whole nation and one individual person that continues to run away. Like God uses all things for our good. When you just seek him first and put him first and identify with Christ and receive that redemption and renewal, like he is working all things for your good, even your past. Even thinking right now, listening to this, Gracie, like it's too good to be true. You don't understand the things I've done. God has a setup for you to encounter you. Like it's strategic. He knows you. He draws you near to him. Like if your heart's being pulled right now, it's because of the Holy Spirit drawing near to you as you draw near to him. Like that is scripture. It is the truth. And he keeps his promises. He works all things for your good. And some of you may know Jesus and you're thinking like, that sounds great. Like you said, Gracie, but like, I'm already a follower of Jesus. Why am I still struggling with sin if I'm a Christian? Or like, maybe you're not a believer and you're thinking like, well, if I'm going to give my life to Jesus and you're saying that believers are still going to struggle, then how can I trust him? How, why should I follow Jesus? Like that doesn't make sense. Let's look at the story of Job for a split second. (laughs) And Job, who's a man of God, is tested by having everything taken away from him, including his children. Yes, like he follows Jesus and he struggles. Yes, like he has given his life to the Lord and has everything taken away from him. Job 42 verse 13 through 14 says, God blessed Job's life later in even more than his earlier life. He ended up with 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 teams of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. God redeemed and renewed everything and more in Job's life. And yes, having Jesus transforms us and is great because we gain salvation. We get to have a relationship with God. We identify with him. But that doesn't mean that we are absent of sin or hard times because we aren't God himself. We're not perfect. And a lot of times people like to say, well, if God is so good, why would I go through hard times? It's not an issue of God's character. It's an issue of our hearts and our sin in the world. Like it is us. It is not God. We, but we can, here's the good news though. We can be redeemed and renewed sinners. Like he wants to transform us. That's the point of giving our lives to him and trusting him that all things will come to pass. He redeems and renews you. God knows we're going to mess up and go through trials, but he promises to work all things for the good of those who love him. And he will redeem and renews us. He will shalom, complete you and keep you safe. And then just another example, if that doesn't convince you enough, Genesis 50 verse 20, Joseph is speaking to his brothers who sold him into slavery because Joseph tells his brothers that God gave him a dream that they would bow down to him. And they just sell him, like straight up, give him away. Don't tell his dad about it, just give him away. But Joseph chooses to follow God despite the horrible circumstances that he was thrown into. Like it wasn't even his decision or his sin that messed it up. Like the brothers literally just took him and sold him. 
God took him from a slave under like Pharaoh and in Egypt when he was sold into slavery. He was a slave and a prisoner and taken to second in command. Like the guy below Pharaoh, like he was stomped on by Egypt and now he's ruling Egypt and there's a famine in the land. So his brothers come to Egypt and ask for food. They're like begging and they come to Joseph, but they don't recognize it's him because he's dressed up in Egyptian royalty and his brothers bow and they're begging this person in command in Egypt, like, please give us food. Like we need food. We know you have food and there's a famine. And as soon as they realize that they are bowing before Joseph, they lose it. They start begging for forgiveness and Joseph replies and he says, this is the first thing he's spoken to his brothers since that prophetic dream that Joseph had came true. Like they are bowing before him and they are asking for forgiveness. And instead of just being like, I'm not giving you food, like you're going to go starve because you threw me into slavery (laughs) or like, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't care what you guys have to say. Like you were wrong and God was right. And go on, go on your way. The first thing he says is, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Isn't that insane? Like, God is faithful. He redeems and renews us no matter where we are in life. A family line of non-believers running around in sin or a follower of Jesus that's been going through some really hard trials. Like, no matter where you are in that generational cycle of, like, unsaved being that person that's just running from God, knowing God's real, but not truly accepting redemption and renewal in Christ. Like no matter what, he is faithful to redeem and renew us. Speak Genesis 50, 20 into your past. Like what God meant for evil, God uses for good. You are not your past. You are not what happened to you. You are not your struggle. You are not someone else's opinions, your fears or insecurities. Rest securely in the fact that when you give your life to Jesus, he is always ready to redeem and restore you and bring you back to his heart. Let God help you make peace with your past and step into your new identity. The kingdom of God is countercultural. It's backwards and it's upside down. So that's why some of you may be listening and think it's too good to be true. We get to go from agony to glory, from sin and shame to redeemed and renewed. And your redemption and renewal is not something that can be paid for or worked for. Hosea 6 verses 1 through 3 says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. He will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledging him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Hosea is prophesying about the death and resurrection of Jesus. The two days that Hosea is talking about, you know, after two days, he will revive us. He's talking about Jesus dying and being in the tomb. And then that third day when he says, on the third day, he will restore us. The third day is Jesus's resurrection that allows us to walk through the same death and resurrection so we can be redeemed and renewed back to his heart. That doesn't mean you physically die and are resurrected. It means spiritually you say, I am not going to live for the world. I'm not going to keep doing the things that I want to do. I'm going to do what Jesus tells me to do. I'm going to have my desires aligned with his desires. I don't want to sin anymore. I'm going to confess and repent my sin and I'm going to accept redemption and renew and come back to his heart 
And the resurrection of Jesus reminds us that the worst day is not the last day. Like Jesus is in this tomb, the one who is known as Messiah to come and redeem everybody, the King of Kings. And yet he goes to the cross and dies and is in the tomb. Like I cannot imagine the disciples having doubt and being like, I don't know. Like, it's just, that just sounds like a lie. It sounds kind of crazy. Like that's what I would be doing. I'd be like, okay, Jesus, you're kind of off your rocker, but like, I mean, I trust you, I guess. And then if he just died and it was silenced for two days, oh man, the way my anxiety would be stirred, the way that I would have questions, but then he rose again, proving everything he said to be true. And that's why we can trust his word because he's already proven it to us. And it's a reminder that the worst day is not the last day because the last day Jesus rose. Hosea says that after the third day, we get to live in Jesus's presence because of the sacrifice that he made on the cross. We get to stand face with, to face with him like how Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden, at the beginning of creation, before sin entered the world. And so that's why I made the comment of when people ask, like, I follow God, but like, I'm still going through hard times. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like I said, it's not a God character thing. It's an us sinning thing because Adam and Eve were the first two humans that God created. He put them in the Garden of Eden and said, don't eat from this fruit of this tree. And that was the only rule they had. And they went and ate from it. And that is when the first sin was committed. But before that, they would just take walks with God in Eden. It was perfect. There was harmony. And whenever we give our lives to Christ, like we're able to get back to like that presence, have the Holy Spirit within us. We don't have to sacrifice animals before like God. And we don't have to have a priest go into the Holy of Holies and stuff and like, do all of these acts for us like there's no acts that we can do all we have to do is repent and confess like he redeems us back to himself and restores relationship with him he renews that and this can sound like a lot (laughs) i know when i was reflecting on this message i was overwhelmed because i thought what do i even do like that is so mind-blowing like i've been a follower of jesus for years now but just reflecting back on the gospel and redemption and renewal through the book of Hosea, through the Israelites, through the prophecy of Joel, the prophecy of Hosea 6, like how in the world can I respond to something so full of grace, even though I'm a sinner and will always be a sinner. And like God has had such detail in his word and I've missed it time and time again. And this is the one time I'm actually sitting down and recognizing it. Well, don't fear <laughs> because number one, there's grace. And number two, Psalm 13, five through six says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation and I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. So all I call you to do is to trust him. Give your life, be all in to God's redemption and renewal. Let him transform you through your surrender. Praise and rejoice in the fact that he has redeemed us even after a past and long history of us rebelling and disobeying him. Even if nothing is going right in your life, you are redeemed from sin and renewed in God's sight. He has been good to you. His goodness is beyond our imagination. So now it's time to live like you are redeemed and renewed. It's time to walk in confidence and peace. And I hope that you are stirred. I hope that you are encouraged. I hope that you are convicted just as I was to just get in the presence of God and understand my identity of of redeemed and renewed and living like it. Because that's going to cause so much confidence and peace just to flood your heart and flood your life. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the Soli Deo Gloria podcast. I'm so thankful and grateful for everybody listening. If you need anyone to talk to, someone to pray for you, mental health resources, please follow the Instagram at solideogloria.podcast. I will try as best as I can to answer your DMs. There you can find links for the podcast and other podcasts that I listen to. Um, And like I said, there are little forms in my link tree in the bio to fill out anonymous prayer request forms or also just ask questions if you have any. And yeah, I love you guys so much and I can't wait to talk to you soon. Bye.